I'm Stephen Jack Butala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, and this is The Land Academy Show. In this episode number 1948, today we are talking in depth about Land Academy ladies and their sense of confidence and community. That's topic number one. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later on in the, in the episode, I'm going to talk about what I've learned about technology and innovation from our other um, career path members in, in those sessions. How's your week, Jill? You were out of town the whole time. How is working from out of town in California, warm California? Piece of cake. <laughs> it's amazing how much I get done without you around. No offense. <laughs> I'll take it. It's kind of funny. It's like, amazing yeah. how that's a win-win situation. Uh-huh. It's amazing how little you get done when I'm not around. <laughs> that's really the common theme here. Is there uh, that much that we need to get done? Wow, it's been we've been busy gearing up for stuff. We've been we've got a couple things coming up, so I'm excited about it. We have crew. We always have things that. going on. You know, that's I don't know if it's a problem. I don't know if it's a positive or a negative. But you and I don't sit still. That's a fact. I wonder <laughs> if it's good or bad. I, I question that also. I know. <laughs> hey, I hope you're also enjoying our uh, 2023 format. Each week we answer questions from our Land Academy Discord forum. We review land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. That's every week. Mm-hmm. And we take a deep dive into two land-related topics by popular request that I just uh, just described. Now let's take a question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. If you want a sneak peek at that, uh, at, our, at our Land Academy Discord channel, please go to landacademy.com. It's free and read only format. People love it. Yep. Okay, so Clay wrote, I'm looking for some advice concerning a commercial property that I've come across. The owner wants to sell and has two adjacent parcels with road frontage in East blank right around this area there have been a lot of development recently i mailed him concerning one of the properties and he asked me if i'd be interested in both i am in light of their location but i have no idea how to comp what the commercial property will be worth does anyone have any insight tips or suggestions on how to effectively do this it may not be any different this is just the first possible commercial deal i've come across this is a regular tuesday for joe yeah Exactly. I love this. Okay. First thing I would do, I, I look at both. I'm still going to go look at active numbers, just ignoring the type of property it is in a site like Zillow or uh, Realtor or something just for land in that area. You know, I'm going to try to zero in based on the size. I don't think Clay mentioned the size here. Let's just say there are two properties. It's four acres. So I'm going to look at the two to five acre properties active for sale and then what's sold in the last sometimes six months some last sometimes last 12 months just to get a gauge now i have now i know it's commercial i needed to take it a step further i'm going to go to LoopNet. i'm going to look around there and try to find some similar properties in that zip code preferably uh if not i'll go out a little bit wider just to get a gauge of what's going on while i am doing that I'm going to invariably spot one that looks good, that I like it, that looks really great. It looks not, it looks, hey, it's two miles away. I'm calling this guy. Now I've got a, I've, I've got a gauge of what's going on and I found a commercial broker in LoopNet who has a similar property for sale a couple miles away. He's the first one I'm calling. And then that's the next thing I'm going to do. I'm going to get, so I have my Zillow number in my head to comp it. I have my LoopNet number in my head. And then my third thing to make sure I'm doing this right is calling uh, a local person who is in that area to tell me what he thinks about local commercial real estate agent Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, local broker is getting got an idea. Hopefully, I found a couple. You know, I don't want to rely on just one guy too. I'd like to call three. This is what really happens. You know, with these commercial guys, you call three. Two of them will email you something, and one goes dark. You know, kind of thing. Because the two that two that they want your business. And they're, they usually email you. They, it's kind of interesting. A lot of the commercial guys are used to putting together like a quick little two-page, like, you know, synopsis of what they think. And here's some comps. They have a quick little template that they'll put data in and email to you. And then I take those two guys if I move forward and buy the property. And then I pick the one that I like best. And I usually let them list the property. With all land, every single piece of land in this country, its its price is dictated by its potential use in large part, not completely. Uh, you know the other the other part of valuing a piece of land is comparison values, which Jill just did a great job describing. But potential use, specifically for commercial property, can wide vary uh, vary very much. So there's all different types of commercial property. Envision, geez, an eighth or you know less an eighth of an acre in in Manhattan, New York. And its designated, <clears throat> designated use is an 82-story mixed-use skyscraper that's got residents. So that piece of land will ultimately be valued on the income stream that will be created when that project's done and, and cash flowing. And so that's an incredibly expensive piece of land. The opposite of this is, you know, a quarter acre property that's zoned uh, commercial in Riverside County, California, that has no water. And so its use is very, very limited uh, if it can be used at all for anything other than recreation. So those are the two opposite extremes. When you look at commercial property, you have to look at what's next to it. So if there might be uh, a Wendy's restaurant next to it. That, and then you can be pretty confident after you well, confirm it for sure that it's zoned, zoned the same for a McDonald's. Then you know exactly what it's worth. Exactly. So commercial property is very easy to value, in my opinion, once you get all your ducks in a row and know how it's going to be used. I mean, that's a good point to bring up the zoning. It's very interesting. It's, um, as you're doing your due diligence, I'm sure, Clay, you, you know you know how to do this. You're calling the county going, okay, what does C5, C-5 stand for? And it might mean some counties it's very vague. You have a lot of options. In some counties, it's really specific. Like, it is yeah. zoned for... Uh, you know, uh, hotel, motel, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's summer zoned retail. They get, they can get very, and let's, and that's another thing is these brokers know that yeah. when you call the right broker, they're going to help you. And the right guy too, not only has comps, but he also says, I got three guys that are looking for this. I'd love to get the listing. So there's, you know, there's a, this is a double-edged sword. What mm -hmm. Joe's talking about. You're as an investor, you either love specific use property or you want uh, the freedom to choose like agricultural property. Property that's zoned agriculture is completely different than residential and uh, commercial. It's somewhat in between. It also has the most generous use possibilities. You can farm it uh, in most places in the country. How you use agricultural property is very loosely regulated in a lot of places in the center of the country, not regulated at all. You can build a house there, you can put a mobile on it, you can do whatever you want and subdivide it and the whole thing. I happen to be the former. I love specific use property, I love it. I love properties, buying properties in areas that are, are very specifically zoned for, let's say, a mobile home property 
uh, or a stick built property and it has to be a certain acreage for you to do this so i can do what i call a surgical mailer and make a real good decision about value uh, and and very often the owner themselves they don't know the value of the property because they they're not real estate people like we are so they don't we can send a mailer out and realize what's going to happen with the value and they don't know about it and don't care they're because they're never going to do anything about it don't care is the real <laughs> point here <laughs> today's first topic is how land academy ladies uh, we're just going to talk about land academy ladies and their sense of confidence and community so I wanted to bring talk about this today because we talked about this in great detail the other day. Jack was not um, around, or I should say I was not around. I was doing the Land Academy Ladies Call this week from another state. I happened to be in Palm Springs at the time visiting my, my favorite aunt and uncle and with my mom and having a good time. And so anyway, I had the ladies call from my aunt's dining room table in Palm Springs. <laughs> it was really kind of funny. Did they listen in? Oh, no, they did not. I, mean, they I, just... I wish they would have. No, they were like being little social butterflies in another room. It was all good, though. But they knew what I was doing. It was really cool. So um, I wanted to share because I came back and I kind of filled Jack in on how well it went. He's like, we need to talk about this on the show. I yeah. said, okay. So this was our second. Um, by the way, I do not know of any other group like ours. I think I sport the only land investing, fully land-focused investment group, period. I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of our group. Me too. We, it's an amazing group. So I um, think this is the, where this is all going. I know. I think women need... Women I hate to tell you this, but are, we talk about that. What we could do without our men dragging us down. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, men never say that about their women. Oh, um, yes, that's right. Well, just so you know. There's this concept out there called ball and chain. Oh, that, well, it goes both ways. It's the 21st century, yeah, right? now it's the other way. <laughs> Jeez, if I have to run one more thing by my husband, why does he, you know? <laughs> but we talk about that, too. So, anyway. Um, yeah, it is just ladies. We're all on camera. We all are mic'd up, and we all talk about all kinds of things. But So, this is our second group. Uh, for 2023, our second meeting here, it was in March, um, excuse me, beginning of April, it was last week. And we started with recapping uh, what we talked about in our first meeting of 2023. And I'm gonna kinda go down the list real quick for you. And actually I'm gonna go down kinda in ranking. So as we all introduced ourselves and talked about where we were, we all brought up what we wanted to get out of the group. And I made notes of all these. And I'll tell you our top three things that we wanted to address as a group uh, were number one relationship building and community which is great because that's what land academy ladies is number two confidence and actually tied for second place was not only confidence and and just mastering that was um wealth and retiring our husbands slash partners. I thought that was really cool. And then in third place was um, tied for third, I should say, we had taking action and accountability with scaling up uh, deal-wise and big picture stuff. So the main things that we talked about and the top two that really jumped out at me were the confidence and the community, which is what we're going to talk about today. So I thought, all right, 
I'm going to take it a step further. Now you know who we are, what we're about, and the kind of things that we talk about. I'm going to, um, I, I thought I would share a little bit of my presentation uh, last, well, it was really technically this week. It was last week by the time this airs and, and what we covered. So important. Um, confidence. I did some research. I, what's so funny? Why are you laughing? Because I think that goes without saying. Oh. <laughs> With you and I. I know. Well, you know what is funny about that? Well, that not necessarily. I usually, I have, I have so much confidence that sometimes I don't want, I only do research just to back up what I think. That's really what's going on. I sat down and thought about, okay, what is confidence? What are the attributes? How do confident people roll? What do people need? Well, how do people build up confidence, right? I have my own little way of what works for me. So I start with that. And then I usually go on the internet and I do some, you know, I'm always reading, I'm always reading self-help books. And a lot of it ties into this too. I've been reading a lot about very confident women. Like right now I'm all into Tupperware. So if you want to know anything about the women behind Tupperware, ask me. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like on my third Tupperware book. And it's funny too, by the way, I'll have to point out the first book I read really, really um, was written by someone who was pro brownie wise, if anybody knows who that is. And then the second book I'm reading is the Pasadena crew that were, that were the home of the Tupperware home parties in Pasadena, California, which pretty much debunks a lot of the other stuff. It's the truth behind Brownie Wise. And so I'm, now i got both perspective. It's awesome. But, Who's Brownie Wise? Okay, Brownie Wise is the woman that worked the... Depending what you read, she was the closest with Earl Tupper back when he was, you know, when Tupperware was building up in the 50s and 60s. Um, she went to Florida, built the, uh, the whole... Um, this, she built a, uh, what am I trying to say? A campus for Tupperware home parties. She claims it was all her kind of thing. Everything was her. Earl Tupperware was just the man behind the product and making the products to deliver to her, to distribute through the country kind of thing. She was on the cover of like Fortune magazine. She was the first woman, by the way. She bragged about that later to come to find out. It sounds like she paid her way. I heard she paid $65,000 to be on the cover of that magazine. Anyway, so my point in bringing this up. This is up, fascinating. It's oh. fascinating to me, always has been, how quickly factions develop in groups yeah. and cliques. And it's something natural in biology because it just happens in middle school for all of <laughs> us. So, but anyway. Anyway. So my point is here, I've been reading, I'm always reading about who I perceive as confident women and I want to learn from them. So I made my confidence, my, I made my confidence. I'm just going to pick out some things here because I don't want to take too much away from our group. I'm going to just kind of share a little bit about this and love you to ask me questions. Yep. So, um, my, 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 uh, couple things about confidence I just want to point out is couple ways for you to build confidence is number one, celebrate your successes and, and know that, you know, you have achievements, you know, you have achievements. You're not, we all have done something great. Some of us don't take credit for it and we should. Oh, you take great credit in your achievements. I loved it. Well, this is about you. So we'll talk about that later over dinner. Oh, you're going to ask the questions already? <laughs> Like, are you already like, whoa, <laughs> stop the press. Go on. So, um, 
things about just this is my confidence 101 list take credit of your accomplishments um i'm going to say um build on those acknowledge it accept it build on it and then my third thing again i'm not going to share my whole list here because this is from my group um you can this is where i think people don't don't realize i am a hundred percent sure and the 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 internet backs me up on this the different sources i looked at um you can learn this and you can practice confidence you just have to know how and that's the stuff that we talk about do you want to ask questions now yeah what do you guys talk about practicing confidence is are, is that list surprising to the women on the call are they are they really responding to a wow i do need to do this and this and this and and uh yes yeah, that's gonna are. help me out on a day-to-day basis some people are sometimes you know it but just you need to hear it you need to hear it again and be reminded of it and sometimes look i think it's a woman thing we, we are usually running around we don't, even, we don't even realize how hard we're working and how much we're doing come on you know who you are you're running a house you're running your, you may be working your business. You have a, you know, you probably have a job. You're running your house. Maybe you're handling remodels. And then at the end of the day, you make sure there's a good meal on the table every time, every evening at dinner time. This, you are not always uh, celebrated by how kick ass you are on a day to day basis. And we just put, we are, we just put our head down and do it again tomorrow, you know, and think that, and, and don't often pause to take credit for, wow, you know, I'm running circles around fill in the blank people in my world, you know, whether they are inside your home or outside your home. Just be honest, like your husband, I'm running circles around my husband. Yeah. I'm running circles around my kids and yeah. everybody else in my family and yeah. all my uh, colleagues. I made sure that not only was dinner on the table and work done and laundry done and we're packed for our vacation next week, but uh, I thought ahead to make sure Johnny didn't miss his report deadline on Tuesday because Johnny okay. can't even remember that. I have to say this. What? 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 Uh-oh. This is a Jill thing. This is oh. not a gender thing. You don't think everybody does that? No. Well, oh. I know from experience, oh. you know, starting with my mother, you have not been the only woman in my life. Oh. And, uh, you know, I'm not here to blow smoke or give you compliments. Thank well, you. maybe it sounds like I should more often. That doesn't suck. You hit, the, <laughs> you hit the ground running in the morning seven days a week. It's true. And a lot of the things that you just mentioned, you know, we're older, so we don't have to do a lot of those things. And you can outsource a lot of them, but you're still doing it. True. And so this is a lot of your personality type. Well, I do you. a version of it. You uh, do amazing. I'm not no, here no, to poo-poo not, you or, not, or poo-poo I'm not men. here for compliments. Okay. I know. Okay. I'm not here for compliments at all. This is about you and, and your group. Okay. But it's just separate. It's separate from me, but I do run at the same uh, miles an hour. Well, I know you do. I'm not, I'm not looking not for a compliment. This is not the Jack show, though. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here for a compliment. <laughs> okay, this is not. Okay. This is why I'm asking you what they're, what they're, uh, how they're respond, responding to this because. Supportive. Okay. You know what? So, we, no, so no woman in the group says, yeah, that's great, Joe. You're, you know, you've got a tri- type AAA personality and that's great, but we don't do that here. No. Wow. No, no, no. We that's don't. what guys would do. Oh. Why do you do that? Because we all can learn from it. It's like, oh. yeah, I do that over here and she does that over there and it works out really well. We're supportive. Nobody makes a bed because neither one of us care. 
that kind of stuff. Mm. We, Thursday night's Domino's Pizza Night, so you don't have to work at it, and I don't have to work at it. Okay. I mean, there's stuff like that that we talk about. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. It's not all just peaches and cream. And oh no, but but well, that's part of this. You you have to. Well, let me go into my next point here, and you'll see why. So I will remember. I will share this one part with everybody here from um, our group. I shared a list of. Um, five things that confident people do that I believe to be true. One is confident people do what is right, not what is popular. I'm, I'm, I'm famous that's, for that's that. That's for sure. I, I barrel ahead going, I don't care what you all, what everybody says. No Boy, offense. That's, that's for sure. I don't care what anybody says. This you don't is have how to I'm say no it. offense anymore. Okay, sorry. Because it's not possible to offend me. Okay, got it. I mean, in the universe of possibilities. <laughs> well, I meant for everybody here, oh, not okay. you. No, okay. I don't know. I don't mind offending you. <laughs> <laughs> you that ship has sailed. <laughs> no, but... Uh, you can say you look fat in those jeans today. And I would say thank you. It's true. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. We are so past all that. That's so true. I'll tell you, Jack sometimes will happily tell me, Jill, that is not your best look. Yeah. And I'm like, not all often. right, noted. And not often and not with a tone where it's, you know. I don't know. You give me a chance. You don't say it when we're out to dinner. You will say it when I'm getting dressed. So at least I or have if a you chance ask to me, correct. Usually you ask to correct me. myself. Okay, I don't walk around the house saying, "Yeah, that's not no. right." She asks me. <laughs> that's true. She's making me out to be an old. I know you're. Good. It's not without sensitivity. You're let's good. put it that way. All right. So let's back to my thing. Um, five things confident people do. One is right. They do what feels right. Feels right. Now it's popular. I want you to underline the feels part here. They take risks. That's good. And I love that. I'm not afraid to just like go for it. Let's see what happens. And neither are you, by the way. Um, confident people admit mistakes and learn from them. That is huge. That's tough for a lot of people. Huge. Oh, I know that is. Yeah. And, and I'm it, glad like, I would open with that. Myself included. I still have trouble with that, but I get through it. Um, they're able to accept compliments. This is something that I think uh, women, myself included, struggle with. I have to get better at that. I'm always getting better at that. I always try to put my initial rate when someone says, wow, what a great job. I go, oh, I had help. Or, oh, it wasn't just me. Instead of just saying, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. So, and this, you know, I, I, I did not know this last one. Now it makes sense. And I didn't come up with this. I, I, I was reading a bunch of stuff. I'm like, wow, this keeps popping up. Because I don't think confident people all necessarily share this trait. Because I know many yeah. confident people, they do not share this last item. So this surprised me. But confident people are typically optimistic. Well, the keyword here is typically. So, and I, I mean, I hear typically meaning 51% of people. Well, I don't. I'm optimistic. I, I hear every single. I hear ninety. Every confident person I know and choose to hang out with is not an optimistic person. Isn't that funny? They're realistic. I know. See, that's what you would. I think. don't think going into to unless you're a career corporate salesperson going into anything with I, I equate optimism with uh, lack of knowledge and um, and just lack of uh, real core tools 
to get a job done. I don't need optimism if I have the tools to get a job done. But this is the Joe show, so don't listen to me. <laughs> tuned, I tuned you out on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the only thing I really disagree with so far. That's hilarious. Well, optimism I- is uh, will crush your overly optimi- overly optimistic will crush your real estate career. I disagree. And make you a pain in the ass to hang around. That's the truth. Well, I'll, I'll say overly, but you can be, you can, but still optimistic. I don't, I don't know. I got to tell you, Jack, I go into things going, no matter what, I'm going to make this play out the way I want it to play out. I think that's great, Joe, and you're very successful at it. I, I go into everything saying, this is probably not going to work. I know. I, and then 50% of the time it works, and I'm happy with that. It's really sad. <laughs> so, okay, you're bringing down the whole thing right now. I, I got to tell you. Because I'm not optimistic. I know. Well, why are you here today? <laughs> I can go get a cup of coffee if I you know, want. Maybe. <laughs> you know what? I'll sit here quietly. It's yeah. the, this is the joke yeah. show. Jeez. Land, maybe the new topic should be a Land Academy Laser Sense of Confidence and Community and how Jack likes to bring it all down. No, I'm just kidding. So what questions do you have then? This is a, this is obviously um, does not come naturally for you. Yeah. So do you want to ask me some questions? Because hopefully there's still a man or two listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all want to listen to me and break this down. Yeah. <laughs> Boys don't talk about confidence. You know, and, and I am launching later this year. Call uh, this is my plug for my version of Land Academy's uh, group called Man Plan. Mm-hmm. You can go to manplan.com and sign up to get notices. Uh, go to the website, but men don't. You know, men would sit around in a group and talk about confidence and say, "Why aren't you confident?" And they would probably say, "I don't know." And they, uh, we would all say, "You should be." And if you're not, what tools do you need? What are you not feeling about to go into whatever you're about to go into? Because you obviously are not prepared enough. You're not read up. Uh, you didn't read up enough and you don't have the physical or theoretical tools to get what you need to get done. And that the man's response would be, yeah, you're right. I don't, do I don't know how to send a mailer out and I don't know how to answer the phone. Great. I can deal with both of those things. Come over here. Come with me. I'll show you exactly how to do it. And if you have any questions later, let me know. That, so that's how that. the whole meeting would go with men. I understand. We we get to that, but it has to start up here first. You know. Okay. Mindset. You know, just feeling feeling good about what you're going into. Then we're gonna go. All right, now I'm gonna get really good at this. I'm gonna sound like a pro, if that makes sense. Which is like apparently what you jump to. So all right. So then my last thing was we talked about confidence a little bit, what we shared and my list and, um, traits and then the community. I mean that, that I'm sure, I'm sure you do that too. You wouldn't be working on man plan if you didn't see a sense of community needed for, Absolutely. for men. You absolutely. And need a sense of community. So no matter who you are. Do we, that is really you know, probably the biggest point behind Land Academy ladies is because come on, we're in a niche already. Think about this as a female land investor. You know, mm-hmm. do I meet all those? Do I meet those on my day to day walking around life? Nope. That is a community. Right. A, and a powerful one. Yeah. And you know what's so powerful? I guess I am selling something right now. <laughs> what's so powerful about Land Academy ladies is they all found it. Each individual person found that community on their own by doing mm-hmm. research and internet and listening to episodes like this. Instead of you going out there and pl- spending a bunch of money on marketing and plugging all kinds of stuff. That's what's great about this group too. It's because you asked 
you wanted it. I want it too. You know, and I, and I started off, um, the other day sharing with the group that, Hey, I want you all to know that, that I'm getting a lot out of this too. It's not, I, I love this. I need the community too. As much as I love the day to day operation and just in the trenches with you, Jack. <laughs> You know, Jill and I have a, Jill and I have a, during recording, Uh-oh. kick in the shin signal for me to stop talking. And I, she hasn't done it yet. What is it? I keep waiting, you know, like kick me in the shin and just, oh. that's enough. Usually it's hand on the knee, <laughs> hand on the knee. And then if the hand on the knee is not enough, then there's a squeeze involved. <laughs> and you've left bruises <laughs> before. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Okay, maybe not. But she hasn't done like, it to me yet, so no, it must be good. okay. You're really good. Do you have any questions before we move on? I think the Land Academy ladies thing is the greatest thing I've ever heard yeah. about. I don't think there's for specific, uh, specifically for buying and selling land. Yep. And, and I think it, all the feedback that we're getting company-wide is is uh, is positive. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't really have any questions, and I'm sure that you're approaching it the right way. Thank you. Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from the weekly Thursday member webinar. We have, would you do this deal? We are in Pepin County, Wisconsin. 46.56 uh, is our purchase price. Thinks we can sell it for 15 to 20. It's three acres. Uh, everybody's uh, access is, yep, right on the road. It's Mississippi um, River. Owner, great, everybody's alive. It's one mile from Lake Pepin and a lakefront campground. Uh, let's see here. Anything built here would have to have an anything built here would have an uninstructed view of the lake and the Mississippi River. Now Jack likes it. Uh, the property appears to have significant slope at the bottom. Well, hang in there. It's also three get, acres. You guys get an A plus for postings today. Yeah. But oh, there are geez. flat spots <laughs> in the middle and towards the top. You can stop. Well, just give a second. Look at the roads coming in there. Somebody's coming down mm-hmm. on the top, coming down from the top. Veto. Hold on a moment. Um, a property just to the east on Google Maps looks like it has a similar concerns, and they were able to build there. Zillow shows next to nothing for sale, but it does show some recent sales. Okay. I want to see this like kind property. Yeah, they dug all this out. I think you're really asking for a headache here. Can you put a man down there or no? Did, did the Google car go there? That's a hard no. All right. There's a ton of dirt. Yeah, there is that. You know what? I would I wouldn't kill it yet, but I would ask a real estate agent. Significant slope. Well, and ask the county what yeah. would have to be done to build here. Yeah. And if they say, oh, uh, price is so cheap, that's why we're still talking about it. Uh huh. But in fact, maybe you just go in and try to kill your own deal. Maybe try to get it for a thousand. Three bucks. acres. I know it's kind just of just say, cool. look, it's it's not usable. Nobody thinks it's usable. I'll take it off your hand for a grand. Then mm-hmm. I would do it. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Hey, if you don't know this by now, Jill and I started and operate and own a commercial printing company to make sure that you get offers to owners, real estate owners, both houses, land, and commercial property, or whatever, whatever's in that universe of land database, 150 million uh, units of real estate in our country, to make sure that owners get your offers effectively, cost effectively, and priced correctly and all of it. It was built out of our frustration from sending out mailers years ago 
using other commercial realist printers that didn't understand us. They were in the, too busy printing uh, catalogs and sending out bills for uh, hospitals, healthcare systems. So all we do with offers to owners, offers the number to owners.com is get your mailers in the mail correctly. And I have to tell you on a personal note, we just got out of a meeting and they are two weeks behind. We were in the process of hiring new people um, because it's so busy and so successful. On the concierge side, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Let's take another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek at our Discord channel, please go to landacademy.com. It's free. Okay. Herbert G. wrote, Hi, Herbert. I hope you're well. I'm getting ready to send my first house mailer a year after purchasing House Academy. I would love for you to talk a bit about the due diligence process of buying a home the House Academy way on one of your upcoming shows. For me, the hardest part about real estate is knowing if I'm getting a good price or not. Apart from inspections, what should newbies do or look out for when purchasing a home? How do we answer the questions such as, what are the expected costs of repairs you need to get the ARV, the, which is after repair value? The reason being that if we are selling primarily to fix and flippers, then they would have to account for that cost as well in their purchase price from us. So how do we come up with a sale price that makes sense to them? You wanna go first? You have a bunch to say on this, unless you do. Go for it, you start. House Academy and pricing house mailers are pretty dramatically different, and in my opinion, a lot easier than pricing land mailers. Land mailers, you don't have as much data. Uh, the product that you're buying typically when, with a piece of land is it's a different size. It's in a different part of the zip code. It could be zoned differently, so many variables. With houses, you uh, get a mailer back from a house and it's in line with 19 other houses or some number like that that are in almost literally the same value, plus or minus maybe the, the shape that the house is in, which honestly we don't care about too much and here's why. Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com and Datatree and all of those companies now have pretty sophisticated algorithms to value properties with uh, an address, a post office address. Most or many, many most pieces of land don't have that. They don't have a post office address even. So if you look up 123 Main Street in Carefree, Arizona, uh, on any one of those sites, they're gonna give you a value. And so what we do directly in the mailer is we take all of those values. Let's say we use five companies, Realtor, uh, Zillow, and on and on. And we take all those algorithmic values and we get the average and or the mean of that value. And so now all these very sophisticated multi-million dollar algorithms, the average of those is $919,000, for example. You decide how much profit you want when they get your mailer. That's so if it's $919,000 and you wanna make 40 grand, you subtract it from that. If you wanna make 400, you subtract that. And so, and on and on and on. The more you subtract from that value, the less response in general you're gonna get, and that's positive response to your mailer. Mm -hmm. So you can price yourself out by going too low. That hasn't been our experience with land, within reason. People generally know the value of their house, but they have no idea what the value is of their land. So the mailers are less, there's less yield to the mailers, but more profit. It's much, much, much easier to sell a piece of, uh, sell a, a house 
very, very quickly if it's priced correctly. It'll sell that first day or mm -hmm. week, depending on the market that you're in. But you know the market you're in because you're running the red, green, yellow test, just like always. And you pretty much can predict what, exactly what's going to happen, especially if you buy the house uh, at a you know reduced rate. Personally, Jill and I won't do a house deal unless we make $100,000 on it net. That's after real estate fees and all of it. So it generally has to be around $120,000 of gross spread. And we'll send out thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of mailers um, because the math works. I hope that helps with pricing. On to due diligence. When somebody signs your offer with a house and you're confident, you're looking at on the internet like we always do with land, and you're saying, wow, this is a pretty, pretty good deal. I priced the mailer right. They accepted my offer. I'm ready to go. Then House Academy slash all SFR due diligence kicks in. And this is where I lose a lot of interest. I know. <laughs> Take it away, Joe. Go, okay, let me, I want to go through these. Little, like This is little, where the people part of this starts. I'm going to go item by item here, too, to answer this. So can we go back? So the first thing you talked about, go we scroll for a second. Okay, so due diligence. So... First thing, let's talk about the due diligence process. Obviously, it's way more involved because there's a structure on it, right? It's not like land. I can just Google Earth it and call it done. You need to have someone inside there. So, Herbert, I know you know this. You're going to have to have boots on the ground. If it's not you, actually, I hope it's not you because I know you should be working on other things. You should have a trusted, either trusted broker that you know and love, like he's almost in the family that we can trust him like that, not just anybody, or somebody of that level to be your boots on the ground. They And they need to know what they're looking at. They need to be able to walk in a house. And it's not like they're going to go, oh, don't buy it. They just need, You just need them to properly tell you, here's how bad the roof is. Here's, I saw cracks in the foundation. Or, man, this thing only needs a, a couple, a paint job and new carpet, you know, kind of thing. Because you're going to have all different things that come back with houses. So that's, you know, really due diligence when you think about. Now, um, we go down here. And then getting a good price or not I, I, I kind of covered I mean, that I know I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that's and as far as inspections too like we we do pay for that I will get I will get that home inspection am I buying without exception no but am I going to pay the seven eight hundred dollars whatever yeah. it is to get the, the guy to go in you know because the that's the first thing phase one is my boots on the ground telling me what they think and if it's enough that I'm going to move forward then I will get the, a regular inspection and that's all built in as may I on this next one um, and then uh, he says costs. what are the expected repair costs of an ARV I specifically say pretty loud in our program don't ever use the word ARV anymore mm -hmm. ARV is something that whoever you're gonna buy whoever you're gonna sell this house to your target purchaser of this house is the person who's going to fix it up and flip mm -hmm. it for more money than they paid to you so your job is to buy the house real cheap orchestrate the boots on the ground hopefully it's vacant if it's vacant if there's not a lot of stuff you have to do buy the property for cash or with the funder and then get it out on the internet because the price will speak for itself and the people who renovate houses will come out of the woodwork submitting offers mm -hmm. they don't they're not going to look to you for arv you can just stop right there with expected mm -hmm. costs and repairs and all of it that's yeah. on them and if they're worth their salt in any way they've already got that worked out and they see your price is listed for two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and everything has sold for the three hundred and twenty 
they are going to buy your property that day. Right. So, so you, so we know that you know about what the expected end price is because the expected end price is what everything else fixed up is selling for in the area. That's really easy to do. But yeah, I, I agree with Jack. You don't put that into the posting. It's just your post. And I know Herbert knows this because it's all over House Academy in the program. It tells you how to how to properly convey the property and what to put in your posting that's going to sing to these people kind of thing. So, um, and that's all this. My only last comment is, um, Oh, I missed this part. I did too. There's oh, more, there's to, the more to the question. So let me get to this. This is a long question. Um, my thing, my comment about money though is I'm okay with a forty to fifty thousand dollar profit to me because here's what usually happens on the on our house academy deals. We'll buy it in a, in such a good area that I can cash in, cash out in thirty days. Not kidding because I'm ready to go. I have uh, guys, you know, when you get rolling in this Herbert and you're working in an area, you're going to have people that missed your last deal and they want to get on, in on your next deal. And the guy that got your last deal can't wait for your next deal. So you are going to have five to 10 investors lined up quickly. So you can, you know, the day you close, text these guys an address and say, give me your best offer kind of thing. And you can expect to make 40, 50 or more thousand dollars on a deal inside of 30 days. And you're not doing anything. You're not even sweeping. That's House Academy. Um, so also are you using the simple purchase agreement in our mailers all the way through the deal? What you have Herbert in House Academy is real. It doesn't have to be that involved. Remember, if you bring in a broker or agent, on the buy side in house academy you are giving away money and you're you're taking that out of your pocket and you're taking that out of that seller's pocket please don't do that and that's the point that we make with these people you know thank you for signing this and sending it back isn't this great you and i are making the deal there's no agent you're getting you're been especially that seller's benefiting because usually the seller pays for the agent not the buyer so they go oh i see the value right there um, I'm surprised there aren't many contingencies in our agreements because they're not needed. You do it and escrow. Remember when you open escrow, anything that is, let's just say necessary to complete the transaction, any documents like that, escrow will provide. You don't need a broker or real estate agent to do that. What are the contingency uh, philosophically? Mm -hmm. What are the contingency would you need in a house deal? other than pending uh, my approval of the inspection. I, I'm going to, depending on the, 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 the inspection that comes in, uh, I'm, I'm either, we're either going to remedy it together or we're not going to do the deal. I have to approve the inspection and, and the stuff at the end. Title's going to want um, a, a version slash scaled down percentage of documents for to meet their title policy requirements. Yeah, that's right. And it might be the lead-based paint right. thing, right? So here's that's a good example. They want you to sign it. You feel good signing it. It doesn't matter. You don't need a real estate agent to do that for you. Escrow will give it to you. So I think that's it too. People don't know. Remember, we haven't seen it in a while. Remember the old days? I remember in the 80s, you see a sign in the yard that said FSBO. 
for sale by owner. That was my dad. Yep. My dad was famous for that. I love that. We are too. Exactly. And you know what? What you what I think a lot of people don't realize is you can sell your house by yourself, putting that sign on a stick in your yard, and then open escrow and escrow make sure that whatever's necessary may be required by the state, or at least for title insurance, is included. Sit back and let them do it. You don't have to pay 6% to somebody else to do that. All these flippers are cash buyers, or they have uh, business partners who are the money people, or in some cases, they have hard money loans. All, the, all those lenders are really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Bank lenders are different. And so if you end up selling to an end user, which we've done, uh, where they're going to move in and do the repairs themselves, or maybe the house doesn't even need any repairs. We've done a lot of deals like that. You're not, you're, they might be, have a few more documents that are required, but in large part, uh, every state, every association of realtors in the state uses a contract that's ridiculously unnecessary. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an inch thick if you printed it out, and if you really read everything, it's all there to protect the agent and the agent's broker, mm-hmm. and not necessarily anything else. Exactly. It's a big... It's the whole entire industry is rooted in fiction and uh, false compensation, in my opinion. You do not need a license no. to sell your own piece of real estate or nope. buy someone else's real estate. You yeah. do need a license, uh, as required by law, as far as I know, in all 50 states, to represent someone else in the sale of their real estate. Right. And you're not representing, no. uh, you're buying it. Yep. And then when, once you own it, you're selling it. Exactly. And you're welcome, Herbert. He wrote, thank you. Great question. <laughs> exactly. Joe and I had the opportunity to meet him a few years ago, and it was just a delight. Mm-hmm. It was a great conversation. We we ended up eating dinner. It was a lot of fun. I don't know how that happened. It was a small group or something. But, that was in Dallas. You know. Exactly. It was really cool. Today's second topic is uh, more of a technical one. It's called what I've learned, meaning me, what I've learned about technology and innovation during uh, our career path sessions. You know, I just thought, not to interrupt you, but I just thought of something funny. That's something that we haven't done. I'm surprised that when we met Herbert, it was a group that made their own little get together in our backyard. And like, now we have to go. Is that what that was? Yeah. You just got invited to it? Totally. So I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody else fun. to say, you know, screw you, Jack and Jill. We're going to plan our own, our own event. We know you'll come. <laughs> and we will We're come. We're going to do our own event. We're going to do our own event. Just happens <laughs> to be, you know, in Scottsdale. Would you guys show up? Okay, yeah, well, of course. Here's the conversations we have on that. (laughs) Should we uh, plan our own wedding or be invited to someone else's wedding? I'd always rather be at somebody (laughs) else's wedding. We don't want to be in the wedding either. No, no. We just want to be a a A guest. guest. (laughs) (laughs) And we will make you proud as your guest. We will show up. (laughs) We will make you look good. (laughs) Every career path, or every once in a while, Somebody asked me what I do for a living, and every uh, every greater once in a while, they're actually a really bright person. So I tell them, this is what we do. We buy and sell land. On the side, we have this thing called Land Academy. We send out mailers, and the young ones will say some version of this. God, it seems like there should be an app for that. There seems like there should be some software solution where it's not out of 1959 where you uh, go into Excel, create a mailer, and send it all out all, all over the planet. To which I say, you'd think... You'd think there was would be something that to make this a lot more simple. And a lot of people who come to career path come from the software industry with that intent. And some of them succeed. It's uh, succeeded writing their own software. Uh, and, and it's very debatable 
whether or not they go off and use the software effectively because there's still a lot of manual decisions you have to make and algorithmic decisions don't address. Uh, that is specifically noted by Zillow's false, false failed attempt to try to buy houses with algorithms. They really failed at it. If you're bored sometime, look it all up. It happened a few years ago. If you want to overpay for real estate, overdesign some software that'll tell you to do that. That's the fastest way to do that. You need to make an, and I, I at my age need to make a physical decision about whether or not to buy property. And I mean manual, not physical. I need to make a manual decision about where to send mail and how to price it. There's tools we can use that help with that. My whole point leading up to this is that every time we have a career path session, we spend a substantial amount of time in office hours, which is a two or three hour session every week that I hold personally, Jill and I hold personally, to review these discussions and review their software and some of it. And, and if the stuff worked, I would take it on immediately. There's a lot of technology coming. You know, I hear the word AI 20 times a day, as I'm mm -hmm. sure you do. And some of it's legit. Right now, uh, going having an, an AI, an, artificial intelligence piece of software go out on the internet and write a term paper for college oh, yeah. is ridiculously accurate effective cost effective and compiling text for ai is uh what's hot right now the counterbalance to that is all i get is 500 emails every day saying look at this new ai you can uh, here's a good example the Ford Lightning, which is a Ford F-150 uh, truck, now comes with an option where it can automatically hook up a trailer and it uses this through literal radar and all kinds of stuff in the back of the uh, bumper. Is that AI? You know, it's Hold on a second. Let me just drive scary? this point home. Let me drive oh, this point home. I'm scared by that. Is that AI? Or is it just a really cool hardware and software combination, uh, you know, that's hooked up to a computer in a dashboard and it's with some hardware in the, on the back of the bumper? And I would argue that that is, my point is this, AI is so overused right now and so hot, just beware. Okay. And you have my personal assurance that if there's a better way to send out a mailer, I will uh, do a program on it. Okay. So you're telling me I'm supposed to trust. I, with a push of a button, I just stand back and watch my truck hook up my boat. And then I just drive off that it did it right. I, I have the same, <laughs> I have the same concerns you do. Uh, but I have to tell you being really honest, it's age related because I would never push a button and have a car be parallel parked Whoa. either. Would you? Well, the, okay, hold please on that one. Um, I have a vehicle that does that and I love it. But do I just like close my eyes and just like, or do I get out of the car and let it do it on its own? Which one no. of the cars parks itself? The silver car. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It does that. It has that feature. Well, it'll back itself in the parallel park itself. Does it work? Yeah. It's pretty darn cool. But do I, but I, I man the, how fast the speed it goes. And I have my foot hovering over the brake to, or grab the steering wheel at any moment. I don't feel good about it. It's like, am I really going to get in an airplane? I, <laughs> with no one up front. <laughs> I'm not. Seriously, would you get in an airplane with no one up front? No, there's no way. Never mind. Never mind. Behind the scenes, that is is you know happening. So that's what a lot of it is. But I know. But there's a reason why we have people there for a backup, just in case. I don't. Um, I would not get in a driverless car either. 
Right. I would not. If I, yeah, if that, if that showed up to pick me up, I'd say, nope. So my point but is, if someone's up not, there just kind of, even if they're up there, you know, painting their nails, but keep an eye on things, I would get in that. My point is not to judge all this hardware. Yeah. This stuff's all coming. It's all going to happen. And younger people, as has happened since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. are, are ex- more accepting of new ideas and new uh, technology than older people are. So it hasn't crossed the plane yet, and it will cross the plane into land investing and house investing and all of that. Uh, it hasn't crossed yet. There are some things that will can allow you to, uh, if you write the right piece of software, locate the top 10 places uh, when you set in parameters to send a mailer. Mm-hmm. And so, and that would, and, and what you would be sacrificing, in my opinion, by executing software like that is all the amazing other places that are overlooked because there's not enough data. It's only as good as available data. So in the case of that F-150 Lightning, it's got all the data it needs. It's all spatial data. For the certain hits. To buy a piece of... Whatever. Jill's down on this. Oh, no, yeah. I don't like it. But it does. You can't argue with me. It's got all the data it needs to to hook up the the I would eat a salad or a pizza that a robot made. I have no trouble with that. (laughs) My point is, you need a a perfect data set or near-perfect data set to find out where to send mail. And all of that technology would only find data sets that have enough data in them. And I can tell you right now, the vast majority of markets that we send mail to, we're eyeballing it at the end. And we're making a a very educated decision that it's probably going to work. And it does for us, you know, 95, 98% of the time. And most other people in Land Academy, from what I hear too. So please beware of AI. The minute it happens, I will be there to help. Well, what you just said at the end, problem solved. They're not. They're not stepping on our toes, because they don't yeah. have the data. They don't, and they don't know how to work with it. They will though. Exactly. Are we going to share another one of our calls to review? We did already. Let's oh, let's make. Oh, sorry, Joe. Thank you. Let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member uh, webinar. Uh, would you do this deal, Marion County, Arkansas, forty acres, buying for thirty thousand? Kind of liking that already. Um, Eighty thousand. If I'm able to secure an electric easement, nah. So sell for seventy. I'm good with that. Without it, there's an easement for access granted on the deed. Good, because it doesn't look like that is access. But it's not specify where the easement is. <laughs> How does that read then? I don't know. I had. It's got to be on that south end. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be here. Something. There's like a little road. <clears throat> I paid for a survey to clarify where the easement was. There's a dirt road of sorts going across the neighbor's land to this 40 acres. Um, the surveyor says this is the only logical place and outlined this as the easement access. The neighbor, however, is disputing this access. Here we go. And says her it's her road and no one's allowed on the road. Can we look at this? And we need to gain access. I don't think so. Um, elsewhere. And she pointed out on the deed where it does not specify where the access is. Okay, see? There's always trouble. There's going to be a little, I'm kind of like, now I'm out. Like, I don't yeah. want to fight with the with the neighbor. I talked Say to if she wants to again. buy it. That's true. Mm-hmm. And to see if there's any possibility. He said, nope, the terrain would not allow it elsewhere. Okay, so then, then that means you can go back and fight it. So do you think it's worth getting a legal opinion or just to walk away? Thank you. So that, you're right. A conversation with that neighbor saying, look. I've been doing some work on this. 
we all know that I can't be landlocked. So there's going to be some mm -hmm. access somewhere. So either I or the person I sell this to, it's going to probably wreak some havoc here. And, and there's going to be some extra stuff done. And we're going to have to figure out where you're going to have to give me access. Or I can sell it to you right now. Buy access, maybe. Or that, yeah. Or how much would it take for you to for you to let me use your road? Yeah. This is worth fighting for. Okay. There's a hundred grand here yeah. of profit. Yeah. Maybe you get a lawyer, send a demand letter, scare the hell out of her or him or whatever. This is worth the it's a great piece of dirt. Mm-hmm. Jill, you have something inspirational to share. Inspirational to share? Yeah. You know. I think I shared enough today. <laughs> I, you know, wow. This has been a long day. How great is that? Uh, gee, thanks. <laughs> no, wow. I just, I've never heard you turn down anything. Well, thank goodness I'm confident. <laughs> Jill's middle name is can't say no. Yeah. Okay. How about you? What do you want to talk about? Long-term goals. Okay. Go. This whole talk about ladies. You know what men need? Goals. And you ladies should know this more than anyone. If you don't point a man in the right direction and tell him how to get started and then manage his progress or lack of progress, most men are not going to follow through. So men need, and everybody needs long-term goals. And then at the end of that success period, because you set a long-term goal, you need to know how you got there and what you did well and what you didn't do well. You did great. You know, in my case, oh my God, I priced it right. The mailer looks good. Uh, but I suck on the phone. Well, Jill, that's why I got Jill involved. And so you have to take those long-term goals, break them all down into months and weeks and years or however it makes sense to you and hit your milestones. And, and this is the important part, make sure the right people are involved. And I can tell you at my age, you think at the time the right people are involved until they're not. And so now I firmly believe that there's this ongoing recruiting, social recruiting thing that goes on in the world, in your life. So uh, with the exception of probably your children. What do you mean? Can be, what does it mean? I might be What's married. I might have a great uh, business partner today. She's great today. But you don't can't just uh, wring your hands and say, oh, that's done. You need to manage that relationship and make sure that they're happy. And this is if you have employees, you know, already know this. If you have a company and with other employees, you already know and you're especially you've got gray hair like me. You know that the staff that you have right now as much as great as you think they are might be different next month or, and certainly different next year. So putting the right people in place is imperative for you to accomplish long-term goals okay. and that's and that staff or that wife or that business partner might not be the last one and that's that's truth okay i wish somebody would have given me this advice even 10 years ago right. it's an ongoing thing if you're an auto mechanic it's an svt transmission it's constantly chasing gears you're increasing in, and decreasing speed and it's you, there's no more I'm in first gear I'm in second gear I'm in third gear manually or automatic it's an SVT and it just continually changes noted join us next Wednesday for another boring episode <laughs> that's good to say <laughs> you are not alone in your real estate ambition <laughs>